Hey girl, hey! This is your host, Cynthia Corpa, and you're listening to Brunch for the Soul, the podcast, where women get real and talk about all things women and wellness. Ready to dive in? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Brunch for the Soul, the podcast. Hey guys. How's it going, Raylan? It's going great. I'm yeah. doing good. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you, Cynthia? I'm good now. I was uh, <laughs> I was I was a little overwhelmed today. Today's taken a lot out of me for just various reasons. Lots of emails, lots of election texts. Uh, my water went out. The list goes on. But overall, though. I've just fulfilled. I'm blessed. My cup has been filled this week, so I'm good. I really, really can't complain. Yeah, because we're coming off that brunch for the soul anniversary dinner, yes. so yes. it's just been a great week. We had a good vibe at the at the middle of the week, mm-hmm. and we're still rolling off of it. Exactly, exactly. I'm not gonna give up on that. I'm gonna hold on to that good feeling because things come up, but at the end of the day. I recognize how blessed I am. So I'm going to hold on to that, that goodness. It was good. It was yeah. a great night. Yeah. Great night. So glad you had it. Thank you. Yes. We're, gonna, we're probably going to get into a little bit of it later on in our mm-hmm. conversation too. I'm sure. Sounds good. Yeah. So is that our official check-in? Yeah. Is that our check-in? Okay, cool. Yes. Oh, well then I just want to say I am hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are you hungry? Well, yeah, I've been doing, I've been experimenting with some fasting lately. I've done a lot of research and Um, there's a lot to say that it can help with health and wellness and, uh, yeah, I did a lot of research, not going to spit out all the research on the podcast, but it is for health reasons to, for prevention. There's a lot of research on that. So Mm -hmm. I think I just said research 50 times. It's okay guys. (laughs) So yeah, I'm on day one of my fast and it's going to be three days. So, um, yeah, anyways. I mean, this is Brunch for the Soul, the podcast. So we got to talk about soulful connections and like what that even means. I feel like that is one of the reasons that we're here today is because we went off of um, recognizing a soulful connection that we felt. And so fast forward to however many months we're into this and here we are today. So I'm glad we listened to it. I'm glad we recognized it. So I would love to help other people recognize those relationships or connections that they might have in their lives too. There's just so many different kinds of connections we can have as humans and in relationships mm-hmm. that um, we can touch on. So yeah, we're just going to be talking about the different kind, like how we recognize soul relationships in our lives and what that felt like. And yeah, we're just going to dive into it. Mm-hmm. Let's just get into it. Yes. What is the difference between like, a soul connection or a soul sister, soul friend, however you want to call it versus just like a normal friend or a seasonal friend even? That's a really cool question. I, I definitely think the people that I've had a, like a soul connection with and we can, um, and I almost want to say like, if I felt like I had like a past life with them, cause I used to believe in past lives. I'm kind of going back into that. I sort of stopped, but when I felt these deep soul connections, I grew a lot from them, whether it was from pain. Sometimes it happened through pain, also happened through just collaborations. You know, I feel like we collaborated on this. It's been a really cool experience. Also, 
someone else that I, the first person I ever looked at and thought, oh my gosh, I know who he is, but I've never met him before. Um, I'm writing like books about that experience because um, I saw him. I thought I knew him, which scared the shit out of me because I'd never met this person in my life. Then fast forward a year later, him and I, we like left Louisiana and went on a road trip together, just like quit our jobs and all this stuff. And it was one of the most life-changing experiences I've had. So for me, the difference with like those soul connections is maybe creation, maybe some creation came out of those two instances. I mean, with us two. Yeah. What about you? What have you recognized your soulful relationships versus... I, whenever you say normal relationships, I think we've talked about this before. It's kind of like people talking about the Kardashians over tea or whatever. Like, oh, did you see what Kanye did today? Or um, you talk about the weather. I feel like those like surface level relationships are kind of the ones where you still kind of keep your guard up and you still kind of maybe you don't 100% trust them or even their friends based on circumstances. So you're in the same class together. They're your work friend. You work out together. They're in your bar three class, whatever role that they play in your life, but not necessarily the person you go to where you just take all your walls down and let your heart and soul pour out of you. So that's what I would say a soul friend or a soul connection is is one where like I envision like having this shell on my body or like like some creepy scary movie where you have this fake body on or this exterior and then you just like peel it off and then you come out and that's when that's the that's the version of you that you show your this person your soul friend soul sister um is when you can just be raw you can just speak without a filter without having to worry about judgment, where you could just say, hey, you know, can I just word vomit right now and just trust that you're not gonna judge me for it and trust that you're just gonna listen to me and be there. That's that's what I've realized the soul friend is for me. Yeah, while you were talking, it made me it actually made me think of that guy, which I don't talk about him a lot, but I do write about him. It's so interesting, but I do think he helped me come into myself to the person that I am because he was the first person that I ever told things to like I opened up to him. He was the first person outside of my aunt that I told that I wasn't a Christian anymore. I was going away from what my family had taught me. I was questioning my whole life. He was one of the people that I confided in and told all that to. So he definitely, yeah, I, I would definitely say it was a, skin peeling moment uh <laughs> I was trying to picture that while you're doing it. I was like damn like oh okay it kind of looked nasty in my head I've been watching and for anyone who watches this they know a hundred percent what I'm talking about but I'm watching Lovecraft Country and if you get the chance to watch it do I'm doing a free trial on HBO Max shout out to that so if you do want to watch it it's on HBO and they do have free trials so if you don't want to commit that's the way to do it but there is it's a creepy amazing amazing I mean hats off to them I've been waiting for a show that just makes me bite my nails, makes me cringe, makes me cry, makes me laugh. But this show is just like, it's about uh, 
I think it's based in the 1950s and it's basically primarily black cast and you never see this. It's like black cast and horror and witchcraft, which you never see. And so there's witches and basically there's multiple scenes or there's a situation or a spell that happens where one of the characters or multiple of the characters uh, drink a certain potion and they can morph into a different person. And so they drink the potion um, and basically, I'll just say, I'm not going to say who, but a black woman drinks a potion and she turns into a white woman. And so imagine this, how just amazing or just interesting it is in, you know, in the time of segregation. And so she drinks a potion and you said, you, I remember you just said it, you had imagined it being really gross. It is very gross to watch somebody's skin melt off of them and then turn into a white woman. And so, or turn it uh, back into herself as a black woman. So super creepy, but amazing show 10 out of 10 would recommend but it's definitely giving me some ideas as far as just facades that we wear and different perspectives that we might have in different shells but anyway that's what I think of (laughs) you when you get to get home when she got home and that potion wears off she gets to take off that shell and be her normal black woman self but out and about it make it makes her feel more safe and more capable when she has the white woman shell on so very interesting but I also feel like that's a good example of how it feels when you can really be yourself and you feel safe I think that's another word is when you have a soul connection with somebody, you feel safe. You feel home. Yes. What are some instances in your life that you can identify where you knew for sure, like, this is what it feels like? Or Yeah, and I guess I keep, I'll keep referencing him until I think about somebody else. Because I think I felt that with Cynthia as well. I was trying to think of some more people, and they may come to mind. But for him, he was the first person I had ever seen. I had heard of soul relationships. I had heard of reincarnation I'd heard of all of these things wasn't really a believer because I hadn't experienced it but the first time I saw him the first thought in my mind was why are you back that was the thought that I had oh and I'd never met him though and I almost dropped this class that we were in together because I was so terrified because I felt like I'd I was seeing someone that I'd never met but knew very strange it was I told Cynthia it felt like the time time the brakes on time just like screeched and I was amazed that no one else was like just staring at him like I was like are y'all not seeing this This is like a this is like a giraffe in the classroom like that's how much he stuck out to me the whole way home that day I just was replaying this life that we had had in a past life it looked like like Egypt Mesopotamia type stuff it's so weird talking. Oh, why am I talking about this on the phone? I don't tell people this shit. Oh my God. But this, yes, I saw, it's almost like I saw another life. And when I was walking home, I was just angry. I was angry that he was there. I was angry that I had to see him. And I also felt this deep sense of something in my life was about to change also. So that's what it felt like. Super intense. Um, and everything in my did my life did kind of change. It took a little while. Um, I did avoid him that whole school year. And then right as we, our very last class, um, he ended up getting my number 
but we had never like kind of spoken like that during the class, which I thought was interesting. Like I almost got out of that class without ever talking to him ever again in my life. Well, that I would think of, but so it was like, to me, I'd always took that as a sign that the universe had a bigger plan, that it was, we weren't getting out of that situation without knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was mm. weird. He had to sit at the table. We were at Reginelli's and we were at a table full of girls and he came in late and we were the only ones with the seat left and he had to sit there. I'm like, I got through this whole freaking semester without ever having to talk to your ass. And then now you're like sitting at my table. It was so, and so I guess... If it sounds odd that I was angry, I think the feelings of anger was from like not knowing, like not knowing why I just loved this person. Like I felt like I loved this person, but I had no reason. I didn't know him that I knew. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, guys. So just to clarify, you weren't friends. Like you had only seen each other in class and then then was the first encounter at the Reginelli's. Or at the pizza place, if in case people don't know what that is. We, oh yeah, <laughs> so you know, you live in Marouge, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. But um, no, like during the class, we did have a project that I had to read his work before. But, and I also felt this very crazy intensity in his eyes. Both times when like the first time I saw him, it was like two trains coming at me. Like in his, his eyes were all the way across the room, but it felt like two trains coming straight at me crazy and then I had we were in a group together which is the only other time I talked to him too but I tried to ignore him but we were talking about his work and I remember when he looked at me felt the same way like the weight of his eyes were just they felt like heavy and uh but also like these tunnels into this other world kind of which I don't get that feeling with a lot of people to this day I haven't felt like that with a man so for me uh, somebody who comes to mind instantly is Bridget, you know, my friend Bridget, because it was just that unrecognizable feeling. So for one, it's just like a kind of funny story. So Bridget was a sorority friend um, and I was one of the only black women in a primarily white sorority um, because, I mean, LSU is a PWI, so it Mostly is white people anyway, but PWI, a primarily white institution. Say, so I found it a little bit challenging to make genuine friendships. A lot of the connections I was making, it was surface level. So I will say, you know, we were just talking about in in the Greek world. It's just like very a very class thing. You know, you're uh, categorizing other sororities. You're downplaying other sororities other greek organizations it's all this whole societal thing and so it's very weird and it is very hard to fish out the reels from the fakes because you're doing just so much surface level stuff you kind of get buried underneath all of it so somehow again that soulful those soul ties that unknown deep feeling knowing that you have internally I felt and I saw Bridget and I don't really know exactly what interaction we first had but I was able to separate her from the other girls very easily she is very outspoken she's very different and in our organization she stood out like a black swan like she 
was very authentic, very real, very, this is what you get, you know, with me. And she was very loving. She wanted to talk to everybody. She, well, not wanted to talk to everybody, but she, people felt that they could talk to her very easily. In the organization, she very quickly became the therapist mom role. Like people just wanted to come to her to get some wisdom. It's probably also is because her mom's a therapist, but so she just has this very comforting homey vibe. And so we hadn't had too many conversations and she was already in her own friend circle. And that's another thing I would love to point out is don't fall into the whole no new friends idea. I know the Drake song is very popular, but I feel like a lot of us, we can get into this in like a stick in the mud. Like once we find our group of friends, we kind of stay there and we're not really opening up to new connections. And so I assumed because she was in like a trio, like she was always with these other girls, these two other girls. And so I was like, who am I to think that she's going to want to be friends with me? Like she's already got her friends she's set. So I really didn't try to pursue it. I just knew in the back of my mind, like I would love if we could be friends. Like I, I just felt like we're supposed to be friends. Like what are we doing? And so fast. <laughs> Yes, it was weird. It was very weird. Like, I don't always feel that way about people. Fast forward to spring break. And in the Greek world, again, spring break's this huge thing. You go at LSU, at least most Greek life goes to Gulf Shores. You they rent a whole strip like they rent a whole street of houses next to each other. And you go beaching, you drink a lot. There's just a lot of chaos, a lot of partying. It's like a scene from Project X or any of those crazy party movies that you watch on TV. That's pretty much what happens. So Bridget was on that trip. I was on that trip. And I sadly was in, I was in a house I didn't want to be in. I'm going to just say it. I was in a house with a bunch of strangers who, who were in my, strangers who were in my sorority. But I was not friends with them. None of my friends or none of my close friends had gone on the trip. So I was just like going for the experience. I was like, I'm just going to say, screw it. I'm going to meet new, new people. I'm going to hang out with my sorority sisters. Well, I was pretty miserable. None of the girls really tried to talk to me. They didn't try to include me on anything. I was just like, okay, uh, what am I doing in this horrible place? Like, this is just chaos. But I still persisted and tried to make the most out of it. And I knew Bridget was in town. So I must have messaged her through something. I must have texted her and she had been, you know, super nice. And she was like, hey, anytime. Like I had told her like, hey, I'm not really happy in this house. Um, And she's like, just come over whenever you want. So we end up at a party together. And I don't know what sort of activities were going on (laughs) at this fraternity house, but it ends up getting raided. So like the police, I don't know why, but you know, they, well, probably underage drinking, but they just raid houses randomly throughout spring break. And so they raided this house that we were in at a fraternity party at spring break. And me and her end up hiding in a bathtub together and in this bathroom in this person's house. And we're just like, we end up just talking in the bathtub. And from there, like, I don't know what happened, but we just continued to talk. We just continued to develop the relationship. And I quickly was like, yes, like this is it. Like, I just knew we just vibed. And then we ended up going on on a road trip to hangout fest. And you know how 
people say you have to like spend the night with people and like travel with people to get to know how some, who somebody really is. So we went on that road trip back to Alabama to a music festival and we had the time of our lives. Like we barely played any music in the car. We just talked the whole drive there and back. And it was just that just raw feeling. Like we could talk about anything. And I just felt so comfortable with her. I felt like I could instantly, like I, even if I just knew her for a few weeks, you know, I knew I could, I was ready to travel the world with the girl. You know, I was just ready to do whatever because I just felt so deeply connected. And, and even in a physical way, which was interesting just to like, when we hug, it's like this exchange of energy. Like I can feel this like waves. I've seen the hugs. (laughs) Pretty intense hugs. And it's, I, I know that sound, might sound weird, but like, it really is just, I can feel energy like going through us. And it's just the craziest, like I said, when you feel that connection, that indescribable, just knowing, and sometimes your, your brain can't even really form a reason as to why, but your body, your body knows or your spirit, something is in there. So we are still friends to this day. I still love her, still have, we still embrace each other fully. And I think maybe we also have similar love languages, but I just feel like instantly since I saw her, you just, you know, and like we kind of touched on the reincarnation thing. Did we know each other in another world? Were we best friends that grew old and died together? Were we trees in a forest that were next to each other? What were we that made it so easy for us to connect? I do wonder that. Have you ever had like a picture in your brain? Cause I told you, like I had a picture that day, which I'd never, like I said, I didn't believe in soulmates. I didn't, I read about it and I was like, Oh, this sounds really cool that like, yeah, they say, you know, and I knew like right when it happened and I saw these visions, but maybe I was open to those visions too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture per se of what it looked like. I just knew the feeling. I just knew it was easy and yeah, Yeah. it just felt, it just felt right. It's interesting. It's really interesting. So what are your thoughts on reincarnation now? Currently, uh, like I said, I was really into it before. I think I strayed away from it because whenever me and this person, we have very limited contact at the moment, but it's not like, I don't believe it's from hate, but it's because we've just been through a lot in the past few years. Like we have just put each other through it, um, respectively. So we are just giving each other a lot of space right now. And, um, but reincarnation. So I drifted away from it because I thought all of the things that I felt with him, which I was pretty sure was like a soulmate soul connection relationship. And he, I mean, just knowing him confirmed that there were soul families that reincarnation existed. Like to me, he was that, like that validation, that I wasn't expecting uh, something that felt like it could be it was like that's how I felt like but yeah I drifted from it because I thought it steered me in the wrong way since we have just really put each other through different things over the years I am slowly coming back to it 
Because, y'all, I was educated on reincarnation. I was educated on every. That's why when me and Cynthia were talking about this, I pulled up. I was like, oh, girl, there are like 12 different kinds of relationships. Let me show you in this lifetime. Because there are. You could really get into it different, like what your mom can mean to you. Like whenever you go into reincarnation, that's like you think about the person in your life that's just been so complicated. They could have been your best friend in a past life. And then they come in this life's like, I'm going to piss you off, girl. Like we ain't going to be friends in this one, but it's because I love you and you need this. Like I'm going to push you because supposedly every relationship in your life, good and bad, um, on the other side, like you have these soul contracts from what I've researched, um, where people agree to come and piss people off. People agree to do certain things, um, good or bad to evolve the soul, because on the other side, a lot of things that we look at currently aren't as bad. This is almost all like a test, like a movie. Say there's like a script. And whenever you read a script to act in a play, it's it's actually just a play. But horrible things happen in movies. I mean, you were just talking about that lady and her skin melting off. Like, that's some shit right there. Um, but, but on the other side, when the life is over everything's fine. Like it's almost like everything was agreed upon before that. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that because there are certain things in my life that I looked at that I was like, I would never have told somebody they could do that to me or this or that. And so it gets kind of nitty gritty, but do I believe in reincarnation? If I had to believe in something, I would, but what about you? What are your thoughts? Where, where have you been on it and where are you now on it? I feel like I've always heard about it generally but i probably dismissed it in past years i probably was like okay you know whatever but i don't know if i really had a stance on it i still don't know where i stand on it but i would say this year i'm definitely more open to believing that it's possible and seeing how maybe it could maybe have a role in my life. I mean, I feel like once you start, once you kind of accept the idea, you're able to start maybe seeing instances in your life, how maybe this was happening in a past life, or maybe this relationship was represented this in a past life, or maybe I'm going through this right now because I did this in a past life or whatever. And I think a lot of the reason I'm more open to receiving it is because we read the seed of the soul and reading the way that he broke it down definitely made it more understandable for me and seeing it as something like that is possible. I did think it was interesting. You were kind of touching on it a little bit, just like the lesson, what I took from it was that you might've not, whatever you may have not addressed or accomplished in a past life can come to you in your current life in whatever form that might be. So to me, I could see how that could happen. Like whatever lessons or things that I might have not learned then that I'm trying to learn now. So I could see that. Relationship-wise, reincarnation and souls, and that's another way. I would say the soul connections is a way that I would, it makes it more understandable for me to believe in reincarnation because like sometimes... Like the other night it happened where we were at a dinner and a girl I had never met sat next to me, but her eyes looked familiar and there was nothing I could do to figure it out because apparently we've never met. But to me, we have, 
where in similar to when me and Raylan met as well, uh, it was just a familiar sense. And like when we sat down, when we first sat down, like one-on-one outside of book club, it was just seamless. You know, it was just like, I didn't really feel like we didn't know each other. I was just talking to you like I already knew you. And I kept having to like try to take steps backward because I was like, chill out, Cynthia. Like, you really don't know this girl. Like, are you hanging out with a serial killer? Like, what's going on? You just, I, I, I just, I just didn't know why I was, why it things felt so familiar when I really didn't know you. And so it just felt like, that's how I could see reincarnation play a part. Like somehow maybe in a past life we were doing something or we had some sort of relationship and here we are meeting again in this stage and things just seem easy. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm definitely open to it. In short, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I believe in it a hundred percent, but I am open to the idea and I could, I could see how it can happen. And again, off of the idea of souls are immortal and they are bouncing from vessel to vessel and according to the seed of the soul, then I can see that happening because yeah, our souls got to go somewhere. So maybe they, they matched or they hung out in another, another world, another life. Um, another reason why I think I floated away from this idea of past lives was because I saw a lot of people using it as reasons not to progress. Like I saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, I was afraid of water in a past life, so I don't swim or I, or that person, I think I met them a past life, so I'm never going to talk to them again. Or it was, it was just different things popping up that I, and I think I was getting caught up on it too, um, as well. But I just choose to use every lesson as a learning tool and to lean in or just become more aware of things, not to avoid things or use that as a reason to avoid anything. Watching other people and myself using past lives as like a crutch or using it as like a trauma trigger and be like, oh, I can't be doing all that because I did this in the past. I just didn't, I don't drive with that as much now. Because if, if there's something that I see that happened to me in a past life, I definitely think I should overcome that mm-hmm. in this life, not avoid it, not use it as an excuse or lean on it as a way of keeping myself caged. That's kind of how I see it. I see people using past lives as like a cage mm-hmm. as another reason to not move forward. And I just wasn't about that. So I had to move on from that idea. But now I currently believe that even if there are such things as past lives, whatever we choose right now ripples through time and can reframe, restructure anything we have done in a past life. Even if, quote unquote, we have done things in this lifetime that we don't perceive could be fixable, like things and decisions and things we overcome in this moment ripple throughout time and change. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's my current position. If it is real, that is my belief around it, mm-hmm. that our past lives are not chains, but they are every moment is new. We should use it that way. And if, yeah, we can mm-hmm. change it. Definitely. And I think it's a way to explore ourselves a little bit more and learn more about ourselves. Like, so what, even if you did feel like you had a fear or whatever in a past life, it doesn't, like you said, you don't have to use it as a crutch. It doesn't mean that 
that's what you live by now. And I definitely could see how what you do now in this life is a ripple effect. I like that idea. And then another time I also thought about that reincarnation or what you were in a past life idea is when I went to Puerto Rico, I wonder that about spaces and land and homes, the idea of home. Because when I went to Puerto Rico for the first time, I just felt this odd sense of home. Like I had never been there before. My family's not there, not that I know of. So it was very weird that I felt, even though that they were speaking Spanish, I only speak a small amount of Spanish, but I felt, again, that sense of knowing. And it just felt like I've been here before. I've done this before. I, the, the sand, the water, and then the island feel, the language, the, the culture, just, it was just so familiar for me. And then how I knew it was real was when we flew away, when the plane was departing the island, I just started crying. And I didn't even, like, I, when I tell you, I did want to go home. Like, I wanted to go back to the States. I just felt like I was leaving home. And again, we were only there for like a week and it was just this odd sense. And I was like, is there something in me that I'm not recognizing that is from here? And so I wondered that about myself. I've always felt very attached to uh, Latina culture and Hispanic culture, the Spanish language. It was like, I understood it before I even formally learned it. And I learned it very quickly. It just has always kind of stuck with me. And so I just wondered that about myself. I was like, is there somebody in me that's Puerto Rican? Is there someone in me that is from the island or something? So I definitely wonder that about land and like maybe part of us, if we are reincarnated, we can, there's this sense of our soul or our spirit that can still stays with that land. And when we are there, we can feel it. And yeah, it just has this calling. It's weird. Yeah, as you're saying that, it makes me think of how I feel about India, even though I've never been to India. Like, I've always said that my husband's going to be like an Indian man. But now that you talk about it, it's like maybe I've just been married to an Indian man in my past life because I actually have Sanskrit on my on my wrist. And uh, anytime I'm around Indian people, it's just I always just feel so comfortable. I love their language, like the just something about India yeah I should go there mm-hmm. makes me feel like I should go there yeah we'll see and I wonder if it would like awaken something in you or like if you would feel like you've already been there and like if it would fulfill that feeling that you already have or if it'd be unfamiliar like what the heck am I doing what am I doing here <laughs> yeah because I've traveled a lot of places in the U.S. and I have yet to feel a sense of home I wonder if there's anything going through your brain of like mm-hmm. people that like as we're talking about these people in these places if anything comes to mind for you have you ever been drawn to a place that you really want to visit mm-hmm. that would be something because maybe you were connected to that place and yeah. you've always wanted to go there feel like you need to go there Yeah. And I think we should listen to that. I think like they say, we all have our own inner compass. And I think we all deep down know where we want to be or where our home is, even if we haven't went there yet. So I feel like we should really tune into that. And that's why traveling is so amazing because you get get a little taste of it and see if this feels right. 
But I think of our friend Taylor, which we will have a podcast episode with her soon and she'll go into this. But she had that feeling with New Orleans. You know, she was raised in Louisiana. And so a lot of people, you know, you want to leave your home state. You want to get away from it. You want to try something new. And so she did. She went to Atlanta and her heart, her soul was just yearning for New Orleans specifically and the culture, the people, the art, the food, and every single bit was just calling her. And even professionally, she was even getting clients in New Orleans as well, even after she had moved. And so I just think it's interesting. And she followed that feeling and listened to that calling. And she feels from what we saw, she was glowing. She feels fulfilled. She feels home again. So I think we really need to tap into that and listen to it when we feel it. So I know we've talked about a lot of positive, positivity, a lot of positive traits, happy traits that we find in our friendships. I think I know what's coming. Yes. So what are some red flags? Because everybody doesn't just walk around finding their soul mates, their soul connection, soul friends, soul sister, whatever you want to call it. Some people might be listening and they're like, I don't have any good friends. I don't have any quality friends. Mm-hmm. What are some red flags that we might be able to identify for them so that they can distinguish a good quality soul relationship from a, just a surface level, maybe seasonal, temporary relationship? My biggest one that's coming to mind is, like, are you growing? Are you growing from that relationship? Do you just hang out and drink and party and wake up late with each other and feel like shit the next day when you're around each other? Are they just a party friend? I've had t- I've had tons of those and nothing really productive comes out of that relationship. Yeah, the times are fun, but sometimes my ass almost gets in trouble with those people and could risk my job, risk like just my my safety there I don't know I'm just not a big fan of of those so maybe that's just like my perception coming in but they're not adding to your life and not progressing you on your path to becoming more understanding compassionate loving towards yourself and making those loving choices that's always been a red flag for me and I just naturally gravitate away from those people but they are seasonal Mm -hmm. talking about seasonal I worked at Yellowstone during the summers it was a seasonal job and a lot of those people are like that like you just go and get kind of excuse my language just fucked up with these people and then you leave and you very rarely stay in contact with some of them Mm -hmm. some of them some ideas that come to mind for me are when the conversations just don't really have any substance when they all you can do is really just complain and whine and like it's like a competition for whose life is the hardest. Like, you know, you're just like, oh man, today sucked. Oh, this is what happened. Ah, And you never, like you said, you're not really growing. You can't even lift each other up. Another thing that comes to mind is, and these are all honestly based on experience and in, in friendships that I've had in my life, is when you have to shrink yourself. When you feel right, when you feel like, you don't get to fully shine as bright as you feel like you were called to. And you have to maybe not tell them about all your accomplishments, maybe not tell them about all of the exciting projects or ideas that you have in mind, just because it can either, you might feel like 
they're not going to be happy for you genuinely, or you might make them jealous or whatever the reason is that you're trying to protect them for your own sake or for their sake, that, that is definitely a red flag for me. I feel like when you have a real soulful connection with somebody or soul connection with somebody, you you don't even ever have to question their intentions for you. You already know that they want the best for you. You don't even have to question that something might make them jealous or, or that they don't want you to go after the biggest, hardest, scariest thing. Like you should never have to worry about that with a true, 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 true friend. No, I agree. Yeah. I'm thinking about you and I'm like, when would ever, would anything happen to you where I wouldn't want to know? You know, mm-hmm. that just does not occur to me. It's actually it actually kind of made me sad mm-hmm. to think that some people have that and they they don't they don't get to go to their friend and tell them this stuff because people do get jealous or people are like, oh, you're trying to you. Oh, you're doing that again. You're doing all that stuff. Gosh, you ever stop? Blah, blah, blah. Like all that bullshit. Mm. Yeah, they're definitely I would say. I won't say exactly where, but I have that in my life right now where I do not talk about everything that I love. And when people find out, they're like, oh, shit, you do that? It's like, yeah, I don't tell y'all anything Mm -hmm. because y'all are stuck. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do it. And and I'm honestly not trying to put that stuff in your face. I already know where y'all are. I know I ain't going to get snaps and hand claps and good jobs from you guys. So, yeah, I do my shit and I don't tell you about it because it's for me Mm -hmm. and there are people I do tell about tell it to because you know they're my friends and they're gonna root for me and even if they're not rooting for me low-key I get really inspired from my friends that are doing shit like there's never a time where I see someone succeeding that I'm like damn like that sucks like anybody out there putting out the work will clap for you because they recognize work. Mm -hmm. They recognize hard work. They recognize consistency. They recognize how hard it is to show up. Mm -hmm. So the people out there doing it would never try to pull you down. Mm -hmm. And then also just feeling drained. Like you just feel like you can tell how you feel after you hang out with somebody. You can tell when you're just, you just feel spent. There's, there's difference between maybe you talked so long and you got everything out for, you know, you're just speaking for hours and hours and hours and hours. And then you're just spent because there's really, you just got it all out. Are you talking about us? <laughs> maybe. There, there's literally been times like my throat hurt. Yes. From talking yes. so much. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, is this real? Yes. You start getting a little hoarse. Exactly. <laughs> There's that, but then there's a feeling where you're like, Jesus, where is my time going? I wanted to leave an hour or two ago, Yes, but I had to sit on that couch for an hour or two longer Uh and you're just like trying to get out the door and they, you just, you just can't. Mm -hmm. And they feel like time suckers or energy suckers. Like you just feel like, dang, I need to do a whole nother thing just to feed my soul and like fill my bucket up again, just because you drain, you pour, I poured everything out just for you, you know? So I, I try to listen to that and I feel good now because I feel like I'm at the point where I have, we talked about intentional living in the past. I feel like I have a curated circle right now. I feel like I have quality friendships, quality soulful connections. I feel like almost almost everyone around me, at least closely around me, 
I had that feeling with. And so I'm able to feel good. I don't, I don't have to turn to one of my friends and feel like, Oh, let me put this mask on. Oh, let me put this mask on. Oh, let me put this mask on with this person. Or let me talk like this when I'm with them. Let me put this voice on with this person. I can just be the same person I always am. Sure. You're a little bit different with all of your friends or, or your friends pull out a little different quality of you, but I'm still able to be my authentic self with everyone now. And I didn't always feel that way. There might be somebody listening who was like, okay, well, how do I get those friends? Like, how do I attract a soulful connection? Or how do I look out for that? Do we have any recommendations? This one's going to be a hard one, guys. If you're not already doing it. But the only thing that came to mind was live, like, live in your truth. Be yourself. Because, and take some risks. Like whenever I went to go message Cynthia about, I wouldn't even say it was collabing. I was having ideas. I don't even remember all the stuff that I had. I don't even remember what I said when I reached out to you, but I was scared because I was like, she's busy. She's got all this other stuff going on and she probably doesn't have time to sit down and talk about all this. But I don't know. We had a good meeting at Southern Coffee and I just had this, I was like, no, I, we need to sit down. We need to talk about some things. I have some ideas to help what was going on in our community at the time. And, but I was nervous. I think I was nervous both times when I reached out about having the meeting at which you set up at Southern coffee, but we were going to do just like people talking about race and what was going on in the climate of our country, uh, face to face with people because we were just tired of posting consistently every two minutes on social media and that was hard it was a risk at the time it was scary for me to reach out to her about both things because I didn't want to burden her I didn't want her to feel more uh I'm talking about you as if you're not sitting right here I guess because I'm trying to tell them how it was for me but yeah but I remember just being like you know what she would say no She's going to say no if she's too busy. She's going to say no if it's not what she wants. And that's maybe she needs to practice saying no, Raylan. So just reach out and see what happens. And she didn't. But that was a risk for me. So it may take some risk. It may take you doing some things that you didn't think you would ever do. Um, so, yeah, that could be a way. Living authentically, taking some risks. You know, being the expression of yourself that, that's in there that you ain't letting shine. Though That's when the people, they find you. Your people find you because you're ready to be seen. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not being found because you ain't ready to be seen yet. You're not ready to live that life. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I agree totally. Like you have to be, like you said, living your truth. Whatever you're looking for in a friend, you have to be doing already. So if you're wanting somebody who listens to podcasts, listen to podcasts. If you're wanting someone who's reading self-help books, me and Raylan met at my book club. If you want someone who likes traveling, join a Facebook group. Or like what I did with Taylor, the friend I mentioned earlier, I just liked her th through social media. Sometimes you just get the vibe through social media. You can already kind of tell. And so you just reach out to them. Like Raylan said earlier, you have to take risks. I didn't really know what Taylor was going to say. I just kind of asked her out on a girl date. And that's totally fine. Like... That's the other thing. Have one-on-ones with people. Hang out in person. And if, like Raylan said, also, if they say no, they say no. Who cares? Just like with any rejection, 
you get a couple no's, you'll get a yes later. So just take risk. And if you see somebody, if you see something in someone that you admire, I I'd like to hold on to that as well. Like be around people that you admire, that inspire you, that make you want to grow and elevate, or even if they intimidate you a little bit, just because they're shining so brightly or they're living so much in their truth. That's even if it's a little intimidating and scary, that's exciting because that means if that relationship takes off, it's only going to improve your life and only make you reach higher. You don't want to reach at the bottom of the barrel looking for friends who are just scrubbing by, not even happy because you'll just be one of the crabs in the bucket. So you want to reach, reach a little higher. You want to get those those elevated friendships. One of the crabs in the bucket. Oh, funny. <laughs> well, they do say that you are a reflection of the five closest people in your life. Mm-hmm. So I think about that a lot. I try to be aware of that as well. I also think that my podcast and the people I listen to on YouTube count as my closest five people. Yeah. At least I, because I think about my life. I was like, I, I hang out with Cynthia. I hang out with Blanche. I hang out with <laughs> Blanche is my cat. Anybody that's new to the podcast. You got to know this. this is simple, like basic things about me and Cynthia. Mine is Blanche. Anyways, so Cynthia Blanche. But yeah, I think about how many people I don't spend time with. And I, I think about all the motivational people that I listen to on podcasts. I do think that they help. Like they are influencers. They are mentors in a way. They're the people in my ear the most. So they're actually the reason why I won't hang out with certain people because I'm like, you ain't talking about nothing that I like. You are the product or reflection of the five closest people in your life. Think about that. Consider that. And if you have people in your life that you don't even really like anymore, you all have outgrown each other, but they're still that close to you. Just think about that quote. And think about the spaces that you're putting yourself in. Are you only going to parties in which your high school friends who are doing the same stuff, are you just going to their parties still? Are you going to a new cafe, maybe trying new coffee shops, trying new fitness classes, trying new webinars? How are you getting closer to the friend groups that you desire to meet? You have to, You there's going to be a part of you, if you don't like what you see in front of you, at least, there's going to be a part of you that's going to have to put yourself outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to challenge yourself a little bit to get those friends you want. And then before you know it, and like they say that quote, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like truly, when you are tapped into yourself and you already know your interests, your passions, your desires, your values, you do start attracting those type of people. And you do end up having like this curated life of of just really supportive friends. And I feel like that's where I'm at now. I had to weed out the ones who didn't wish the best for me or I can't even 100% take credit for weeding out. I think God weeded them out for me, which I'm grateful for. So those friends just kind of disappear over time. But eventually you'll look around and you'll realize that you do see your friends are mirrors of you. And you you do see a little bit of you in each of them. And and they do lift you up. And it's, and it's a really good place to be in. Because you never want to look around or look through your contact list when you're really going through it and be like, damn, who the hell do I call right now? Like, 
how lonely does it feel when you don't, when you have all these surface level friends or no one you can just, no one to call, no one to call when you just killed someone or no one to call when you're going through surgery or when you got arrested, who's going to bail you out? You know, like you just have to... (laughs) spectrum she just gave us you need to have a friend if you kill somebody you have surgery or you just got pulled over by the cops y'all think about that as you go throughout your day look you hey we all know we all know whether we have that one person to call if we done did some shit and my person's my mom you gotta have that person to bail you out and not tell nobody yeah. but moral of the story is relationships matter quality trustworthy relationships matter because you can't go through life alone and you don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of snakes in the grass how are you a good friend how do you practice being the friends that you search to have that you aim to have i thought this was gonna be easy actually i don't i don't like that term being a good friend because I think there are a lot of uh, expectations that come along with that that I probably will fail at, that I will fall through. Like, because in my head, a good friend would always show up for you. A good friend will always say yes if you need to go do something. We'll drop anything for you. A good friend would. And I just have way too many boundaries for that. And for me as a friend, I also think being a good friend is knowing when to say no and having boundaries around your friendships, even if like they're your best friend, but like not just giving your friend everything that they want and, you know, being available whenever, whenever they need you just because it's like, girl, you know me, you know, I'm asleep right now. So why would you put me in that position? Call somebody else. You already know I'm in bed by 2 a.m. Get out my face. (laughs) Anyways, is that terrible? Probably. But yeah, I don't I don't ever like that term of good anything. Yes. Anything that has the word good, this it has like expectations along with it that I just do not adhere to in my life anymore mm-hmm. because I just can't be that. But I'll be a friend. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means in that moment cuz you might get you you might get all sides of me. That to me is a good friend. You the honest honesty is a good friend Mm -hmm. and it may not be what that person wants to hear it may not be what I want to hear but some people are in these friendships that they're not telling each other what they need to hear and but that you think you're being a good friend you watching their ship sink Mm -hmm. and you ain't saying shit about it I like your answer of the concept of not even using quote unquote good friend because a good friend looks different for every person. Every person has different expectations for their friends. So I would have to agree that it is living in to be the best friend. You do have to live in your truth, be honest about things, have honest conversations, and then also, yes, set boundaries and not and enforce those boundaries even with the closest friends because those are the ones who it is the hardest to apply them with. So yes, I would say keeping it real, being your authentic self and not doing things that you wouldn't want to receive uh, from your friends. So if you want a friend that's honest, if you want a friend that gives you gifts on your birthday party or shows up early 
to your hangouts or whatever it is. If you want a friend who's not late to everything, then you have to practice that. You have to practice those same expectations that you might have and vocalize your expectations because I feel like that's, of course, where a lot of relationships in general go wrong. We all have these unspoken expectations of people and they don't even know them. And then we're sitting there getting offended because they're not meeting these expectations that they didn't even know were set for them. So definitely communication is key. I had to set the bar for my friendships. Even when they don't know, I'm like, let me do this. Let me, I realized one of my love languages one of them is I do like gifts. I do like, I like celebrating. I like just making a moment, uh, making something special, making something different. And I had a, a friendship that I didn't receive that. I would have, you know, various parties or different things would, uh, different accomplishments or my birthdays would pass and she just would never get me anything ever. And I would, I just was like, what is this? Like, why do, why don't we why don't we give each other gifts? And so then I started practicing that. And she also recognized, she was like, wow, we don't uh, do gifts. And, and I love that you did this. And I'm like, yes, I'm trying to, trying to set the bar. I'm trying to set the tone. So I definitely think that that's one way to do it. Like you gotta, you gotta be the person. And a lot of my friends through their actions, I've learned how to be a better friend because they've set the bar for me. And I've recognized their actions and how validated and loved and supported I felt and so it definitely rubbed off on me and taught me how to be a quote-unquote better friend or at least the friend that I want so lastly how do you break up with a friend (laughs) how do you let go because I'm sure there's gonna be at least one person who finishes this podcast and they're like well damn I got a friend or I have somebody in my life who's really not much of a friend, not really much of a great person. I got to let them go because they're not meeting any of the needs or expectations that I've set. And they don't feel like a soul connection. They just feel like they got to go. They're just taking up space. So what is our recommendations for that? I'm just going to say full disclaimer. I'm not very good at breaking up with friends. I'm not very good at all. So if you want to go first. <laughs> you well, can. I mean, somebody in my life is coming to mind at the moment. And I don't think I'm going to break up with this person. But we're naturally just kind of going in our different ways. We've done it before and we've come back together before. So I'm just going to let it run its course because I don't really think I have to say it or vocalize it, but we've also talked about how bad I am about breaking up with people in general, how I go with people's ass. Okay. So, but I haven't been doing this to this person. I have checked in with them like, Hey, are we going to hang out? And it doesn't happen. I also think that I've, I do practice a little bit more compassion. Like I don't know everything that's going on in this person's life and I'm just going to let But like I said, I've been friends with this person for a long time. This has happened before. We kind of float out of each other's life. And then usually I'm the one trying to work at it to bring it back. And when I don't do that, they they come back around. So I'm going to let that happen. And if it doesn't, it's just how it goes. I'm not going to be upset about it because I don't want that person to feel guilty that they don't have time for me. If I don't fit in your life, we're both good. Mm -hmm. We're fine. Mm -hmm. Let's just move on. And that's how I feel about friendships because I I know somebody who's who's they they broke up with my, somebody that I know a friendship and this girl was like what the hell like where was this coming from and 
the person was like, they felt the same. Mm. So they didn't fight for it. Mm. So it was just mm-hmm. like a formality saying like, hey, we ain't good, blah, 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 and this and that. When they, It was weird. They both felt the same way. Mm. So that person was like, cool, yeah. whatever. Like, so vocalize it, I guess, or don't. Mm-hmm. Just because there are people that, like I said, I have had friends just flow in and out. And I, I feel like that with friendships, mm. that they, they might do that. So I don't ever, like, formally say break up. I only, I only break up with dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, I only say bye, kick rocks later. Or they do that to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm probably not good at breaking up with anybody, friends or partners. So that's just not my forte. Because I'm, I guess I'm a fighter. I like to make things work. You know, I like to try to talk things through, discuss things and see if we can, uh, find mutual ground, but it doesn't always work that way. And certain, like I said, I did have a relationship with someone that I knew deep down it needed to end. Um, but we were in school together. And so that's what I held on to. I was like, I can't not be friends with this person because I'm gonna have to see them all the time. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind all the time. I was like, I can't ditch her because I'm going to have to see her and I don't want to have to face that awkwardness. But over time, we ended up continuously arguing over petty things, like silly things, which just went to show the relationship wasn't meant to be because we were finding arguments and the smallest things. So we ended up kind of just fading off into the distance, the ghosting thing, the just gradually not, you go from talking every day to not talking and you just have this unspoken thing. And then, then I see she unfollows me and then I'm like, okay, let me unfollow her on social media. And it's just like, it's just this modern way of of saying bye. saying bye these days. And I think it's funny that you mentioned like you just you don't really say anything. And you mentioned your friends both felt the same way when they did. Usually you do feel the same way. Everybody feels the elephant in the room. Everybody feels it. They all know it's there, but nobody's really saying it. And so I going forward if I do encounter another situation like that, I would like to formerly just shut it off, you know, because I do sometimes with that relationship that I had, I do. I'm not gonna lie. She comes to me in my dreams multiple times because we never had closure. We never fully shut the door. It was just argue, 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 never talk again. And we had years under our belt. And so it was just so awkward going from having pictures together, going to going to all the events, being the go-to person, even though it was an unhealthy relationship, she was still in my life. And so to not have that like formal closed door, it definitely still affects me a little bit. So I going forward, if I do have a relationship like that, I would like to encourage people to just have that real conversation to just And it doesn't have to be anything extra. Like, you know, you can just set your boundary like, hey, this relationship is no longer serving me. I love the memories we made together and you are a beautiful person and I wish the best for you. And even though they might not take that, however, it doesn't really matter how they take it, actually. It really just matters that you close the door and you can move forward knowing that you said what you needed to say. You did what you needed to do. You handled it respectfully respectfully and responsibly and I feel like that's the best way to do things but 
it's 2020 and just hit that blog button blog, yeah yeah blog. right people and, and that's just a, a crazy way to think like we really do we just unfollow somebody we block somebody and or we delete their art i've seen people break up and you know they broke up because they archived all the photos off the instagram of the partner and it's just this weird way of saying we're done you just do it via social media yeah i think i'd unfollow people or, or block people because because in a way, you know, I do share my life on social media and I don't want them peeping in my life mm-hmm. no more. That's my way of being like, no, you're really out. Yeah. I kicked you out. Yeah. It ain't that we ain't even just texting no more. You don't even get to see what my cat looks like on a good day. <laughs> all right. You don't get to see how cute she is. Yeah. It feels You don't permanent. get to see my food. Like, bye. Yeah. Huh? You don't get to see my quesadilla. Get out of here. Go. No. Bye. See, I'm the type, I'm like, no, follow me. I want you to see everything. I want you to see my beautiful photo, my outfits. My, my problem with that is like they're in the back of my mind. Like, mm. Mm, do they see Do they see me live my best life? I, because, yeah, in the back of your mind, you're like, mm, I wonder if that person saw this. Mm, mm-hmm. Right? I don't like to even think that way. Yeah. It's just a lot of like extra chatter in the back of my head that I'm like, I don't need that. But um, again, that's talking about men. There's not a lot of girl like friendships that I have that I do that to. Yeah, my advice for that is to just like Cynthia's is have the mature conversation. And in true Raylan fashion, I'm always I'm the ghoster where I just I think sometimes you can tell like if you stop reaching out and they never reach back. That's a good sign yeah. that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't working at the moment. I know a lot of people that do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And it's not even technically ghosting. It's like you did, you did your part. Mm-hmm. You reached out a bunch of times and if they don't, then why keep wasting your time? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's my approach with friendships. Now with men, that's a whole different story. <laughs> you know, you got to let them know. In your case, what's understood doesn't need to be explained. If you don't, Need to have that closure. And I really only recommend shutting it off with, yeah, maybe with somebody. And if you need the closure, like, you know, if you just don't want to have this unfinished business, this just awkwardness, like if you see them, you're like, Hey, did I say hi? I I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, if you feel, if you feel like you're going to experience that, if you need the closure, close it off. But if you already, if they're already not putting in effort, there's your answer. You really don't have to go. Don't have to do much. So I think that covers it. Yeah. What you think? That covers it. So we'll wrap it up with Cynthia. What's feeding your soul right now? Yes, yes, yes. So I did say earlier that I would uh, touch on it. What's feeding my soul still just a few days ago, we celebrated Brunch of the Souls three year anniversary with a beautiful dinner at a restaurant called Building Five and Everything, just the whole day fell into place. I was not going to lie. I was stressed. I was nervous for whatever reason, anxious. I just didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you never know with events. Is everybody going to bail on you? Is something not going to work out? Is the food going to be trash? Like what, what could go wrong, I guess, is what was going in my mind. And everything fell into place from my I kid you not from me getting my nails done to me getting everything was just handled for me like God the universe handled every single thing for me I needed to get my nails fixed that day because one of them popped off and my guy done it did it for free fixed it did it and sent me out the door didn't ask me any questions I couldn't find the dress that I wanted to wear for the dinner I went to my favorite boutique time war boutique 
And he gave it to me complimentary and sent me out the door. Didn't have to worry about it. And it was just like, just things just fell into place beautifully. And I, when I got there, all the right people were there. Uh, Raylan was there first and I loved that. And I just felt just so loved. There was, I didn't know how the conversation would flow. Would I have to entertain people? You know, you have all these questions or I had all these questions and everything flowed so easily. I had so much fun. I felt beautiful. I felt supported and I just, I couldn't get enough of it. I was, I was, I was just floating after like, you couldn't tell me anything. I I was set. I was good. Like I'm good. God, you did it. You did it. So on the note of soulful connections, I felt like everyone was their authentic self. I didn't see anyone there who looked uncomfortable. If they were, they they weren't showing it. Everybody just connected. There were so many strangers at the table who had never met before, but they were in the Brunch of the Soul community in different facets, and they just instantly connected, instantly just had seamless conversation, and we dove right into the real stuff, which is my favorite. We didn't talk about BS or just have, you know, that awkward, oh, let's, let's get to know each other. Like we just went right in for the jugular, started talking about our passions and what we wake up for and just all this amazing stuff. So I'm still floating from that. It was amazing. I loved it. Thanks to everyone who came. It was great. That was a great time. Yes. It was a good night. You, you basically covered it. It was amazing. Really enjoyed it myself. What's feeding my soul? I kind of want to be funny and be like, nothing's feeding my soul because I'm starving uh, for three days. Yes. I'm just kidding. But actually, fasting has been amazing. I told Cynthia it is, has this weird quality of making me feel closer to God, um, which I, I want to, I'm tempted to say that's crazy, but really every religion in the world fasts to pray and to like read holy scriptures and stuff so the fact that I feel closer to God when I fast is should not be that weird but I feel like more intuitive I feel very like yeah my intuition is just bells and whistles going off very inspired while I'm fasting uh it's crazy how not eating food can you think it's going to be the worst thing in the world and it, it has an amazing quality to it so I'm actually enjoying it and yeah that's you know, if you're if you're interested in fasting at all, look it up. I would like to share more information on it because I, I just forgot how good it feels. I've done it before and I remember the first time I did it, I felt insanely grateful. Like I just thought about all the people in the world that doesn't have food. I actually get to experience what that's like. But even even not that, I'm I don't even experience it at the level that some people do because I'm willingly passing up food when some people don't even get to have that opportunity. So I just get to feel the hunger pains. I don't get to feel the survival of it all that people have to feel. So getting kind of deep there, but there is a lot of spiritual qualities to fasting that I wasn't really doing it for that reason. It's more for purification and uh, prevention, um, health benefits, but it has spiritual benefits too that you don't really think, I didn't really think about going into it. So that's what that's what mine is right now. That's good. That's And did you say it was inflammation that you're trying to prevent or what was it? Yeah, I injured my back last week. That's what inspired it. Um, and I was just trying to reduce inflammation in my body, which you can do by not eating because whether the food is healthy or not, your body still has to process it, break it down. It causes inflammation, all that stuff. So 
I was going to go on an anti-inflammatory diet, but I was in so much pain that I was like, I'm going to try out fasting. I felt 70% better the next day, which was amazing. Like could barely sleep the night before, could barely move the day before. So that's why I initially started it. And then I did more research and then wanted to do a three-day fast and things like that. So tons of health benefits. They say it cuts like your, it purges uh, precancerous cells in your body. I just, it makes me think that like in a lot of ways, science is catching up to spirituality, you know, cause like I said, people have been doing this for millennia, uh, fasting and surprising and not surprisingly, it has health benefits, but we're just really digging into that in science now of what all it's capable of. And yeah. So I encourage everyone to listen to their souls, listen to that inner voice when you spend time with people and determine whether you feel safe with them, feel authentic, feel like you are being your truest self. And if not, truly assess those around you because that really matters. Friendships matters. And growing. Yes. Gotta think about the growth. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in today. We are so grateful for you listening. Have a great rest of your week. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Did you enjoy this podcast? Make sure to hit the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Brunch for the Soul. We can't wait to connect with you. Till next time.